Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me on what I hope will be the first of many Big Nothing podcasts. A few of you asked me over the last couple of weeks if I could do a digest version of the emails once a week in audio form, sort of as a recap. I understand sometimes it's hard to dig through your emails to come back, read the stuff that I wrote, go search out the songs, etc. So we're going to give this a shot. I think it's a cool idea. I'm totally excited about listening to myself talk. So I think <laughs> this will be a good time. So I appreciate you bearing with me. I'm going to try a few different things, maybe experiment with how long to play the songs, etc. But I think it's going to be really fun and I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you are listening to this in a calm and relaxing place because that's always a nice thing to do. So let's get into it. This past weekend, my friend Brian and I went to go see a band called Mismore at the Star Theater here in Portland, Oregon. Mismore is a black metal band who I believe is local to Portland. And honestly, while I, I do really like black metal watching it live is oftentimes kind of a snoozer i don't think mismore was any exception there there was lots of smoke on stage there wasn't a whole lot of movement that's kind of the deal with black metal it has lots of droney hypnotic guitar riffs the blast beats kind of all mesh together it's great music to write to. It's great music to listen to while you're driving, but watching it live can be a little bit boring. Fortunately for me, the first band that played was a band called Help. They're from here in Portland, and I've been meaning to see them for a while. It turns out that the lead singer, who also was in a band called Portugal the Man, who are pretty famous if you're from the Pacific Northwest, and apparently they're really famous all over. I I didn't know that uh, until recently. But the lead singer is the older brother of Ms. Moore, or the lead singer of Ms. Moore, or however that works. Um, and Help are exactly the kind of band that I like to see live. They were rolling around on the ground. They were jumping off their amps. There was sweat flying everywhere. It was punk rock fury and i'm so down for that so i got a little taste of what i do like to see in a live band also got to tick seeing help off my concert bucket list as it were and that was super fun the band in between help and mismore was another metal band called usnia and the bass player in Usnia does the cookie monster vocal thing like, and I really have a hard time getting behind that. It's one of the, the metal tropes that I just really have a tough time with, but I looked them up on online after the show. And if you go back and check out the email from Tuesday, I linked a picture of their promo photo and that bass player is just straight up wearing a cape, which I think is amazing. I think you should absolutely get behind that and go. If you're going to be a spooky metal band, get a cape. Why not? You know, I think we should all be so lucky to feel 
so comfortable in our own skin that we just are down to rock a cape. With that in mind, that kind of brings us into our first song, which is Hamartia by Tribulation. Tribulation is a Swedish metal band that I have enjoyed for a long time. Several years ago, I posted something about them on Instagram and my friend Jim, who is in a ton of really rad bands. uh, He was in a band called Feral Continental. He was in a band called Hive. Right now, he's in a band called Primitive Weapon. That's really, really awesome. And he's also an encyclopedia of metal minutiae, which I really appreciate having friends like that. So thank you, Jim. Jim informed me that Tribulation is not a death metal band. They are a, quote, pop-influenced depressive black metal band. So do with that what you will. Tribulation is awesome, however you want to call it. They're spooky. They absolutely wear capes. I think all of them wear capes. They paint their faces. They have stringy, long, blonde hair, As I mentioned before, they're from Sweden. They have spooky song titles like Strange Gateways Beckon and Dirge of a Dying Soul. I think they're absolutely phenomenal. And this is a new jam from Tribulation that just came out a couple weeks ago. So this song is like six minutes long, so I'm not going to play all of it because that would be 
a lot and we've all got other fish to fry but just know that it goes on like that for another four minutes there's a guitar solo there's awesome gothy guitar tone there's a guy with a swedish accent talking about sinners and going to hell and stuff um hamartia or hamartia i'm not actually sure how to pronounce that is a literary term which i i learned just recently somewhat akin to hubris it's when the main character in a story has a fatal flaw that brings about their own downfall so uh, a little bit of trivia there for you as well next up we're going to listen to a song by gwen mccray called all this love that i'm given there's a joke that a lot of parents make about how having a toddler is like having to hang out with a drunk person all the time and that is 100 true I was a bartender for a long time. I went to college in Minnesota. Toddlers and drunk people have a ton in common. They often say really weird things for no reason. They fall down a lot. Once in a while, somebody pees their pants. And there is a ton of crying. That's just a fact of life when you're hanging out with drunk people or toddlers. Last week, my daughter pretty much immediately launched into sobs the moment she woke up. I have to get her out the door for school, and I'm trying to just wrangle her in any way that I can. Fortunately for me, as an ex-bartender, I've honed some skills to deal with this kind of situation. The number one thing to do is to put on some funky music and give them some food. It works for drunk people. It works for two-year-olds. It's just hard to keep crying when there's some booty-shaking jams going on and you've got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in front of you. It's it's just it just is. That's that's true. This song is kind of my my silver bullet. My it's one of my my secret weapons when it comes to dance jams. I first came across this song when I was a teenager. It was sampled in a French touch disco song called Feelings for You, which samples the baseline of all this love that I'm given, as well as a little portion of the, the lead up to the hook. And it is also an excellent song, a great party jam. But we're going to go with the original here. I can tell you that this absolutely worked for my daughter last week. She was in an absolute state we threw this jam on we got some food in front of her and all of a sudden she was smiling she was dancing we were all having a great time and there's not much better than that so let's get into it this is all this love that i'm given by gwen mccray
All This Love That I'm Given by Gwen McRae. Uh, that song also goes on for another couple minutes. Worth a listen. It gets pretty wild at the end. I'm I'm super into that song. I love it. Gwen was also married to a guy named George McRae, who had a few of his own disco hits. My favorite of which is called I Get Lifted which you will probably recognize as the hook from Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg. It's a total jam. Very much worth checking out as well. We're going to move on to something maybe a little more serious. This is from Thursday's email. This song is an old folk tune. It's called Bonaparte's Retreat. This particular version is by a guy named Tyler Childers who is from Kentucky and is part of this, I guess you call it, some people are calling it y'alternative. Um, it's effectively people who are taking a different approach to country music than the pop Jason Aldean, she thinks my tractor sexy kind of country music that is really popular at the moment. Guys like Sturgill Simpson, Chris Stapleton, my homies in the cactus blossoms taking a, a look back at the history of country music and mining it for the emotional core behind it and trying to make something new which i think is really cool i think tyler childers is at the top of the game there this album in particular is a beautiful exploration of his southern roots and the frankly the darkness that that lays therein the first eight songs of this record which is called long violent history are all instrumental folk songs done by his band which apparently used to be called the food stamps which is pretty funny tyler childers and the food stamps um now it's just tyler childers it's really well done I, and i think the way that he put this album together is really incredible it's eight instrumental folk songs from the deep history of Appalachia. And then the final song is the title track, Long Violent History, which is the only original. It's the only one with vocals. And it's kind of a questioning lament that sympathizes with the rage of the Black community in the wake of the deaths of people like George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, countless others were all well aware of it uh this record came out during a lot of the turmoil and strife that was happening a few years ago the construction of this album is as masterful as it is hauntingly beautiful childers and his band work their way through traditional tunes that show a deep connection to the music of the region where he was born and he still resides to this day 
I suspect this was done to put critics who otherwise would have been quick to judge a twangy country song in support of BLM on their back foot before delivering the final blow. The songs themselves are loose, folksy, and confident and show a true understanding of the, the culture of Appalachia, of the South, and also how frustrating it is to be fed a narrative that's pitting one community against another. I particularly like his approach to this song, Bonaparte's Retreat. It's a fiddle tune that was probably most well-known as a part of Aaron Copeland's hoedown from his ballet, Rodeo. You'll probably remember that version if you're old like me as the uh, beef it's what's for dinner <laughs> song. You can have a great beef dinner in no time at all. Well, almost no time at all. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Um, but interestingly, Childers opted to take the original recording of the song. Not that any traditional song can have an original recording, but the earliest recording of the song, which is by a fiddler named A.A. Gray, who, who recorded it in 1924 as inspiration over the WH Step rendition, which was recorded by Alan Lomax, who is an extremely well-known folk historian, music historian. And that version, the WH Step version, is the one that Copeland used in Hoedown. But folk songs often morph over time. That's just a fact of music being passed down as part of an oral tradition versus a written tradition, there are myriad variations of any folk song. Cultures start out with one melody. They come up against another culture in another place. English immigrants live next to Irish immigrants, live next to African immigrants, live next to French immigrants and Spanish immigrants. And all of those cultures put their own spin on these melodies, which I think is really cool and something that I really enjoy about folk music in general. So I think it's really interesting that this seems a little bit like a nod to the way that melody can change, the way that minds can change over time, and the way that communities can come together to take the melody from the A.A. Gray piece versus the melody from the W.H. Step piece. I think it's a really cool approach. I don't know if that was what his intent was or not, but either way, I think it's it's really amazing. And uh, we're just going to listen to this whole thing.
was Bonaparte's Retreat by Tyler Childers. Years ago, when I was living in Minneapolis, I was in a, a string band, a bluegrass band called Big Game. And myself and, and my partner, Joel, really wanted to have a fiddle player in our group. And it's it's hard to find a fiddle player. So both of us kind of toyed with the idea of learning to play the fiddle. And I have to say, listening to someone learn how to play the fiddle is one of the most excruciating things that I can think of. Probably akin to the clarinet. I think they're sort of the two instruments that are just brutal to listen to somebody learn how to play. And as I was doing some research for the newsletter, I found out that that actually was Tyler Childers himself playing the fiddle. The fiddle is not his chosen instrument. He's a guitar player. So to put yourself out there like that, to take an instrument that's notoriously difficult to master and play a fully unadorned, unaccompanied solo fiddle song right before the final song of your album where you make your mission statement, where you take a stand that's contrary to the prevailing opinion of the of the culture and of the genre, I think is a really vulnerable thing to do. And I just really want to commend Tyler for doing that because it's pretty amazing. And uh, I can't speak highly enough of this record. I'm 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 really really into it. Next, we're going to move on to another song that is also called Bonaparte's Retreat. It's not the same song, but it is the same song. That's confusing, but that's just how it is. You may have heard in Childer's rendition of the folk song Bonaparte's Retreat that he also brings in, well, it's the, there's a place in France where the naked ladies dance. He, he brings that in as another motif, which is not in the A. Gray piece from 1924. It's actually in this song, which is also called Bonaparte's Retreat. That particular motif or melody is called The Streets of Cairo or The Poor Little Country Maid. It's another folk melody that's been around forever. Nobody wrote it. It's just something that people have used for all manner of things. This song by Pee Wee King and his Golden West Cowboys is a pretty classic Grand Old Opry era country tune. And Pee Wee King brings the streets of Cairo in alongside a motif from the folk song Bonaparte's Retreat and wrote a country song over the top of it, basically. In the song, he also references the song Bonaparte's Retreat, which is why this song is also called Bonaparte's Retreat. He, the chorus says, I kissed her while the fiddles played the Bonaparte's Retreat. It's a country classic. It's been covered by everyone from Doc Watson to Glenn Campbell. It was a staple, as I mentioned, at the Grand Old Opry. I also just really like this song because the chorus has this A-A-B-B-A rhyme scheme that I really like. And King rhymes Dixie with Ever Did See and then retreat it's a little bit of a stretch but i think it's almost so awkward that it's endearing if that makes sense i really like it we're going to listen to it and then we're going to close out this episode this is bonaparte's retreat by peewee king and his golden west cowboys Girl. 
She was the sweetest girl I ever did see. So I held her in my arms and told her of her many charms. I kissed her while the fiddles played, the Bonaparte's retreat. All the world was bright as I held her on that night. And I heard her say, please don't ever go away. Many charms I kissed her while the fiddles played the Bonaparte's retreat. did see. So I held her in my arms and told her of her many charms. I kissed her while the fiddles played the Bonaparte retreat. All the world was bright as I held her on that night. And I heard her say, please don't ever go away. So I held her in my arms and told her of her many charms. I while the fiddles played the Bonaparte's retreat. And there you have it. That was Bonaparte's retreat by Pee Wee King and his Golden West Cowboys. What a great name. That is it for me. For today, I appreciate you playing along with me and varying with me while I figure out how this works. This was super fun. I feel like I kind of got to riff on some stuff a little bit more, which I always want to do in the email, but I don't want to make it a million years long. So I'm going to keep trying to figure out how to do this and do it better every week. So I guess uh, all that's left to say is thanks for listening. <laughs>